0: The volume. Oral sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best. They're America's number one sports book. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? There's fast payouts, too. As quick as two hours. What a turnaround. And there's so many different bet types as well. The same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures. There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9889 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights, we put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. We've put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, so anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews, but otherwise we've, uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what, from what you want to hear. But you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure... If you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best stuff here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. <laughs> It's so funny getting ready for this interview because I actually didn't get ready because I knew that we were just going to like shoot the shit. And I already like know so much of your shit,
1: but I've also not seen you in years. Like social media. I feel like I know what's going on with your life and you feel like, you know, what's going on with my life. But then it's like, we really haven't like really caught up. So I was like, let's just do that on the podcast.
0: Okay, so first things first, we'll get all the wrestling stuff out of the way and then we'll get into real life things. But um, let's
1: just address the, the burn on your face. What happened? I like burned myself on a curling iron. I was really tired and I had to shoot something the other morning and um,
0: it's coming along well. If your cheekbones weren't so chiseled, this might not be a problem.
1: My last picture on Instagram, it's um, for this company. I had no makeup on, but I had this burn and it made me look like I had defined chiseled uh, jawline and cheeks. Yeah, it was great. But I don't recommend, um, I mean, what is your demographic? Is it mostly men or women?
0: For sure. It's mostly dudes. Yeah.
1: So no one's burning their face on a curling iron. I highly doubt this, but you never
0: know. They might not, but you never know. I mean, you know, guys might be dabbling in the curling iron world. Maybe they're, maybe they're ironing their beards out. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing.
1: That's what's going on here. And then I have a sick Undertaker shirt on. I worked um, for this brand years ago and it's called Fair Play in LA. It's like streetwear. And they did like a WWE line when I was injured and I modeled for it. And I, I have this, I have like a stone cold shirt. It's sick. And I love wearing them around because people don't recognize me now. <laughs> really with
0: my hair. I love your hair red. I wish I was going to be there in Gorilla for Vince to see
1: this though. When they called me about Rumble and stuff at first, they were like, hey, would you be interested? Like, would you even consider? And I, that was like, my second thing that I said was like, oh, I'm redheaded now. And like, I guess Sasha has like every hair color under the world, like, and Trin. but like, I think I look extremely different. Like some people don't even really recognize me, especially on socials. And so, um, John Cone was like, oh yeah, Johnny and I like, we'll, like, we'll bring it up to Vince. And then I remember like saying it in front of like my sister or something. She was like, don't use it as an excuse. I was like, it's not an excuse. Like I can't just like show up like this and Vince see me and be like, who the hell is that?
0: Well, I mean, for a one-off, you kind of can. I mean, you could roll you could roll in there with like a pixie cut and be like, guys, I'm booked. I'm number 27, whatever you're going in at, and play my music. Here we go. What are they gonna do? Yeah.
1: Oh, number twenty-seven would be sweet. That would mean I'd be in there for like
0: a couple of minutes. It's it's also like the sweet spot. I think number twenty-seven is the number that has the most wins. I'm a absolute fucking loser for knowing that um but that's what happens when you broadcast in WWE for so long is you have all these little facts that just rattle around in your brain
1: I'm glad you like my hair I I love it text Eva Marie two days before I did it because I was using her hairdresser Jose Glicklam. and I had had my hair for 34 years like same cut color everything your mom did your hair right forever yeah for years and my mom actually was like there's no way I'm dying you a different color you will hate it, and you'll kill me. And I was like, fair enough. And so I texted Eva. I was like, I'm thinking about doing this. But when I first did it, it was dark red. It was like purpley red, like almost like a Sasha red. And when I told Eva, she was like, You're gonna freak out. And then like two days later, you're gonna really like it. Then he took the towel off, and within seconds, I was like, I'm obsessed. And he was like, Really? I was like, Oh my god, I've lived my whole life in a different hair color. So the blonde comes through, and my hairdresser in New York has been doing it the most kinda, and she says people come into the salon and say, I want to do what you did with her hair. And she's like, oh, well that's like her natural blonde coming through. Like she doesn't have highlights. Like it's not going to look like that. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah. That always blew my mind about you. I mean, I'm a natural blonde, but not like you are like you are a blonde, blonde, blonde. Like I cannot believe that your hair comes in that light. What an anomaly.
1: Especially like when Tennille and I are overseas and like we're outside, I'll like come back. It's a whole nother color. So it makes modeling really interesting because then my agents will be like, hey, can you like step outside and take a selfie for us, like for us to pitch you to this client, like to see what you're working with today. But yeah, it's fun. Barbie makes me want to go blonde, like a little bit. Like when I hang out, I mean, now she's brunette, but like when I hang out with her, I'm like, oh, she's so good blonde. And like, she makes me miss it a little bit. She is great both ways, too. I mean, you guys both look great in any
0: hair color. So whatever. The red's great. But that's like my
1: number one and two tweets by the WWE Universe is like, what are you wearing for Rumble? And are you going back blonde? And I'm like thinking like, I know it's mostly men that like, you know, are my fan base, but I was like, no, I can't just go back blonde in like a week. Like, it would no, take, like, multiple it would trash, trash up, like, your my hair. hair. It would trash yeah. your
0: hair. Also, how about them using for your like uh, for your still photo when you had the black through your hair at Rumble or oh at Mania? Gosh, I, know.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, that doesn't even look like that. I'm like, well, I guess they're like prepping my hair, me not to like come back looking like that. We know her hair's different, but yeah, use that one. <laughs> It's the worst pictures ever. Like WWE, like whatever man. I'm like, can we have like a gay man picking pictures? Like, why is it always like someone that like, and I'm so angry in all of them. It's hilarious. So usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to repost that because it's ugly. But like literally everyone they did, I was like, I'm just going to have to post it. And WWE um, posted Natty and I's total diva fight on a reel the other day. A
0: convoluted. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this reignited feud between you and Natalia. I love where this is going. I hope that you guys get some work done inside the ring
1: in Rumble. It's crazy because like literally everyone's tweeting for us to be number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to come back, but not that much. Um, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, can I be like eliminated by number nine then? Um, oh my gosh. So, yeah, because Natty was in there one time. Wasn't she for like 55 minutes? She has
0: done like some workhorse stuff like that, like Iron Woman style. Yeah. I don't know what the number is, but yeah, it is something like astronomical like that. Yeah. Natty,
1: yeah, we just got a lot of years of beef behind us, Natty and I. Some pent up frustration. Slap her right in the mouth. Take that, Neidhart. The thing that I like about WWE is that because they're so socially active, they really do take into consideration whatever's happening on socials like when I debuted with Fandango maybe this is not a story that's been ever told but when I debuted with Fandango on Monday Night Raw it was in London and it was because that like backup dancer girl that they were well first they were hiring a different girl in every city and then that one girl stuck hater my arch nemesis and I'm just kidding and so she couldn't go over there because she wasn't an employee. Well, none of us are employees, but like she's not like independent contracted by WWE. And so she couldn't go over there. So they were like, cool, like bring up Summer, teach her a little dancey dance, like no rehearsal, nothing. They were like, okay, let's just send her and she'll stay on the tour with Dango like the whole time. And then she'll come back and then we'll replace her. So I went up, live events, did raw, trended, like crazy. Like I, like people thought I debuted. Then I went back and I think that Monday... I think that Monday in America, I even went on TV because it was just like we ended up there in a loop. So why not have her come on?
0: Yeah, I feel like when you started doing it, you just kept going,
1: right? Oh, no, no, no. So then they sent me back down. So then after the tour, they sent me down. And the next week, which is fine, like whatever, I made some money. The next week, they had the girl back on Raw. The fans went wild. Like, they loved her, but they were like, no, where's Summer? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, couldn't believe it. And then I think maybe two weeks, they are like, it's fine. They'll forget. And then maybe one or two weeks, we'll have to ask any Nikki. And then I remember going up to TV the next week, and I remember Hunter being like, well, you're here because Twitter threw a fit. <laughs> and he was like, and they wanted you to be here. And like, and I understand why they didn't want me with him, because like he is the main attraction in that pairing at the time like it was his big debut and like me being a name versus like a no-name dancer it would be us and so Hunter was like it's very much like you know China with me like looking well even though she became you know such a big entity but like you looking at him the whole time don't look in the camera like you valeting like how can you make it about him 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 because that was like our worry about having you two up there. How did you feel of like being told that though? I mean, I know how
0: badly you wanted to be a wrestler and how badly you wanted to work for WWE. What was like that process of like hearing that of like, it ain't about you right now. We got to put Dango over.
1: I just love that. I was getting any kind of direction. Like, I feel like you're very much like thrown to the wild and like, they want to see how you do it. And then you get in trouble instead of like, Hey, X, Y, Z. So like, I feel like it's best to be like X, Y, Z. And then if it doesn't get over, it's like, well, I told you to do that. Like, you know, it's kind of like dusty would always be like, you know, do it and ask for apology afterwards, you know, which dreams of that. I think about that all the time, like do what's best for you. And then ask for an apology afterwards. I do it all the time now, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, didn't really, I was just like thankful to be up before I went up. A girl hadn't been up in a year and a half and it was, it was the Trim was like already up on NXT and then Cameron went up and she was like fresh, you know, really new. So when I went up, it was a year and a half. So I felt like very fortunate, like, oh my gosh. And then after me, it was like, every three months and then every month. And now people just go up and down all the time. So yeah, like I didn't really, I was just like, okay, cool. Like let's try it because this is my ticket in. So I, I feel like I never really took anything like personal.
0: Yeah, no, certainly. And it's so funny, like thinking back to those times, God, I feel like you were one of the first people that I like really became friends with in WWE. And like, I, yeah, I remember you like going through all that stuff. Like, cause when you were doing your stuff in London, cause weren't you in a helicopter with the shield guys? Right.
1: Oh my gosh. Like it was crazy when the shield first got hot. Dango was like hot and he was like with Jericho straight off of like mania. I wonder if that, if that wasn't when I debuted or if that was like when we were still hot the next tour, but yeah, we went from Wales And they threw us all in a helicopter and someone from dot com came and took our exit. And it was they probably had to separate like the Shield came out first and then we came out. So we couldn't like, you know, why are we riding on the Shield's private jet, you know, private, private helicopter? Then we got whisked away to the O2 Center. And even now, like my friends that are in bands or my friends that are country singers, they're like, you wrestled at the O2 Center? Like it is so coveted in London. And I'm like, oh, multiple times. So that was my debut. And then when I came back from filming Marine four, I came back at the O2 center and Layla was kissing dango. And I just posted that. And so like London is like very special for me because I kept like having all these moments, but yeah, the shield. And then I remember I did a loop with the shield and I rode with them in a car, like in Texas, which like the Texas drives are like, Five and a half. They're so Usually long. It's like yeah, under five. Like if it's a long, long, and in Texas for some reason it was like almost six. And I remember it was just like the three of them and me. Like why? Like I would. That would never happen again. And I remember you don't fall asleep, right? Like you just not fall asleep when driving. And I cannot remember if I was like applying makeup or I want to say maybe I dozed off for a half a second and they would slam the brakes on, like throw a water bottle at me and close persimmonate. And I'm like, what is going on? So they were like the brothers I never had. I don't know if you remember this, but we went out one
0: night, me and you, we went and met up with John and Roman at a bar And this was one of the first nights that I really hung out with John. John and I were doing like the dirty dancing. Like he was like trying to like lift me up and I was like sandbagging his ass. But I remember being there and like where it was just, yeah, it was me and you, John and Roman. And I remember asking you, I was like, you're not like seeing one of them. Are you? Cause that's when I was like, I think something's happening with John and I, but I really don't know. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah like, You're no. like, absolutely not. They're like, no, they're like brothers to me. Like there's no way I'm like, okay, good green light. Here we go, baby. Was that after TV? I think that was when you and I were driving
1: with Cole and JBL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just saw JBL at the signing big event or whatever. And like, I haven't seen him in years. Like he doesn't really do the same signings as me. And so, well, no one's really has signing because of the pandemic. And he said to me that thing, he goes, I'll never forget you riding with me and Cole and Renee and like you girls just wouldn't shut up. And I was like, I'm pretty that sure. That got like, us I kicked I out of the car. <laughs> oh, and then he said we made him get Instagram. I do think that that's true because I feel
0: like he said that in the post. And I was like, that kind of rings a bell. I feel like that might've been a thing that we had that happened. So you're welcome, everybody.
1: He was like, I have social media because of you. And I was like, what? Oh, oh, cause that's what he said. I was with Tennille and he was like, oh my gosh, we watch your travels all the time. You too. And your travels. And he goes, the only reason I'm watching it is because you signed me up for Instagram. And I was like, what? And he was like, you signed me up. And I was like, I don't remember that. And he was like on that trip. Why did we all ride together? Well, you were riding with them, right?
0: I was riding with them already. Like I, they were the first people I ever rode with when I started on on the road. And then you and I were such close friends at the time that we were like, hop on in girl. Um, Okay, let's run things back here for a quick second. I mean, we've already been running it back, but but more like a present day run back. How did it all come about for them to call you for the Rumble? Because this is your first WWE thing since leaving, which
1: is crazy. It's crazy. Like, well, the funny thing is too, like, there was no like rumblings ever. October was when I left. And so that was like October 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. But then I hadn't wrestled the year before that. So I think I just crossed over four years gone, but five and a half years since a match. So like my last match, I didn't even know, you know, the fans like tweet you. It was like, and I never was like, ow, ow. I'm injured it was like I started to like kind of speak up after this like live event match I think I I think the fans have told me my last match was like with Foxy in like a random city in July and I had like kind of spoke up and then like went to a doctor then went to another doctor and went to another and like I never really knew like so that'll be cool like going to the rumble again because I'll be like oh I never like had a last match and I can like be present in that moment and aware of like what's happening but yeah no one had like called me texted me nothing I remember like at the beginning of the pandemic living in New York I was like oh Connecticut's kind of close like I wonder if it weren't for headquarters and like and then the pandemic hit so I like always Corano and like Cone would like message me happy birthday and I, I never burned the bridge like but I also don't have access to like Vince or anything and then I went to Tennille's show on Impact because I just happened to be in Vegas and I was like and like of course a dirt sheets picked that up and we're like oh she's going there and I was like no I'm just like not it's very coincidental like I just happened to go to her show you know like I guess I could have sat in the back but I wanted to see her you know and so I'm literally packing for Abu Dhabi. It was like nine o'clock at night. And I see John Cohn's name pop up on my phone. And I went, what? And you just know, I literally picked up the phone. And I said, what do you want? And he was like, so purple. I go, oh, don't you? Like, <laughs> what? what on earth? Like, what is this? It's been four and a half years. And he goes, well, putting together a list of like potential girls wanted to gauge your interest. And I kind of was like, I honestly didn't even really get my hopes up. I said, well, that's flattering and cool. Of course. Like there's only been, is it three women's rumbles? I think this is three or four. Yeah.
0: I want to yeah. say three, which means that it it's probably four. I
1: don't know. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, that's amazing. Like growing up, like the rumble for me is like my favorite pay-per-view. It was always that or money in the bank. I thought it was really cool. And then of course, mania, everyone loves, but Almost all of my guy friends love Rumble. It's just fun. It's exciting. Rumble's the best one. It's the best paper. I think game. so. Like when the godfather comes out and his host. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I get on the ho train, baby. Be out your ho-. I told him that the first time I met him. I was like, I used to want to be your host so bad. And he was like, ma'am, are you with catering? Like, who are you? And I was like, no. <laughs> so um big fan. big fan. Yeah, big fan. So after so I I was like, That's crazy. And I think I called my mom. I was like, You'll never guess what? And my mom was like, Oh well. And then I literally flew to the Middle East. So it was like, they were like, you won't find out till like probably in the new year. I was like, okay, great. So like, got it, received it, let it go. And then he called me like, I think five days later and was like, well, Merry Christmas, because we actually have an answer for you. And it's yes. And I was with Tennille and I was like, really? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And then in my head, I just started thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Like gear, like what moves do I do? What is my entrance? Like what? And I was like, wait, when is this? Like, who do I tell? Like, do I not tell? Like, where is it? Like, so it's just all in your head. And Tanil was like, so happy for me. She was like, oh my gosh. And I was like that too, but I was like processing it. I'm like, wait. And so I was like, does he know I have red hair? And they're like, yeah, Johnny loves it. Vince thinks it's cool. And I was like, okay. And so then I, and then I didn't even ask who else was. I was just like, okay, great. And then I hung out the phone and like, she was like, that's great. Spin kick, spin kick cover. Like <laughs> she's like, you do." she's like, do a little spin kick, spin kick roll through, you know, she's like, you could be in there for two minutes or 20. Who knows? I was like, yeah, that's true. And so I love that her response, you know, for me for that, yeah. like, she's just a really good friend. And um, so then I kind of was like, oh, shoot, like I'm overseas and forever. So that's when I kind of was like, I don't even know anyone to like a ring or like fixed gear or anything. So um, you know, luckily I have like really good pieces of gear that I've like spent like 1500 dollars on that I've like never really worn, but once. So I've been able to like alter stuff, which I know is gonna like annoy some people, but like also no one pays my bills and like, you know, that's just what I want to do. When I think of summer ray,
0: I picture like the pink and the gold.
1: That's a good one. That one's a little beat up because I wore that a lot. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm just really excited. I have no idea. Well, then they called me last Friday and said, so Vince like wants to announce a couple of people tonight in the guys match and the girls match. And he's thinking about announcing you. So like just a heads up about your socials are going to surge. And I was like, wait, really? And then I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I haven't told any of my best friends. Like I'm going to look like such a bad person. You know, like I really had not told anyone because I didn't want anyone to ruin the surprise. And so then when it happened, Like I kind of was like a little like taken back. Cause I'm like, oh, that stinks. Like it's supposed to be a surprise. But then also in my head, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to use this to market the crap out of me and what i'm doing so i'm just like every time i'm in the gym it's like the road to rumble and you know i can like reignite my beefs again with natty um pamela bailey she like wrote me like pam who's pam i remember that when i first met her i'm like who the hell is pam pam is like such an old lady name and she's like so young and cool so i was actually going to see her because i was going to visit my roommate my old roommate and she was like doing something at one of his gyms so we ended up facetiming recently so she started like put me over on um, Twitter would call to me, call to me and all this stuff. So it was funny. Like, so I talked to a bunch of the girls and you know, they all were like, it's an insane match to put together. And like everything changes up until the moment that you walk out. And I'm just like, how is that even possible? Like imagine someone goes up for a superplex and you throw, you forget and throw someone across the way and they get suplexed on like, This is interesting, but I mean, I definitely like have no ego, like work. I feel like I'm very easy to work with. And I think producers probably have a time with the boys and the girls matches for those because of all the personalities and the egos and getting your shit in. So, you know, with me, like, I would love to have maybe like we can have like a little total divas moment because there's going to be so many of us total divas in there and, you know, have like, you know, maybe a spot with Natty or something and then wave to my friends. I have like a lot of people coming. I know because I'm on this group chat for the cardio situation. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on for no one listening. I knew I was doing this. I knew I was doing the rumble and I was like, I would love to like walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes every day. So I started with my group, like close group of friends um, I think there's like 30 people in our chat and we do 30 minutes of cardio for 30 days, but it's the most random group of people. It's like Renee and Tennille with like my hairdresser from New York, my old roommate, a couple of gay friends, like my mom and sister, Allie's mom, like all these people. And it's been cute. Like, we're all like really super encouraging us stuff. But when it all came out, it's crazy. Like, I just feel like I've done something right where I just have friends that will drop what they're doing. They have babies and stuff and they will like buy a ticket and come like fly hotel. I mean, it's not cheap. And I mean, I'm probably like five of my friends today. I have to help them find tickets. Um, when we get off the phone, but like they want to come. So I think I have almost like 15 people. So the summer race section, it's pretty cool. So I'm like, please do not let me in there for 90 seconds, but like, if so, like, it'll be fun. Let's get into why you left. Because I know it was a
0: big deal when you left. I mean, I remember you kind of going through the motions of figuring out what you were going to do and what you wanted to do and what your own aspirations were outside
1: of, of WWE. Um, And you were dealing with some injuries. So what all was going on at that time? So I have a bone spur on a vertebrae in my neck on C4. I love when people like talk C and T and S. I'm like, "Yes, yes, C4 is me, you're T5. Yeah, yeah. And then I have thoracic outlet syndrome. So I think you can live with bone spurs. Like old people have them from like car accidents and stuff like that. I'm very young to have one. But thoracic outlet syndrome is horrible. And so that, so like your thoracic is like, from your shoulder blade to here. And so a lot of major league pitchers have it and it's called like TOS. And so basically like anytime I kind of flex my hand that shoots like shooting pain up here, to lift weights. I kind of, even though I'm baby jacked, I do like five to 10 pounds because it's nerve damage basically. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to remove my first rib. Like Marilyn Manson style. Remember that old rumor? Oh my God. (laughs) Then I can maybe help myself. Um, So your first rib is technically your trap. So like people think ribs are like under your pecs and under your boobs, but really it's like up here. So in order to move my first rib, I mean, the scar fans come up to me now if they've like really read up on it and they're like, oh, I had the rib removal and their scars, like even in 2020 are like this big and not even that it's a scar. You like can't work. You can't even start to get physical therapy for like two months. You have to like learn how to like sit out of bed. I mean, when you are missing a rib, it's like crazy. And so the rib is like constantly putting pressure on my nerves and stuff like that. So I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I'm going to just like always have like physical therapy, a chiropractor. So I work, I love like chiropractor care and cupping and, um, Graston is really good. So it was bad. Like when I, um, first was learning how to work out with it, but I've kind of learned to work around it. Um, couldn't like squat for a while, even to just the pressure on the bar. So what causes it, is it from wrestling or is it like some, yeah, so it's from like constant trauma. So like the bone spur is from constantly doing this Though we're supposed to tick our chins, you know, only can do so much. And then um, yeah, and it's just like the nerve damage, like probably compressed nerves. I probably could have gotten more PT during it. It's I probably should have been treated once a week. I mean, I remember I don't even know if I had a chiropractor really in Orlando. Like now I go religiously. So yeah, like so it's weird. It wasn't like just one bump. Like when Nikki, you know, Bella, like, you know, she can like track it down to like where it was. Um, I'm really happy for her that she got cleared to like. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. She, her and I were texting too. And she's like, I didn't know if it'd be clear. So for me, like, it wasn't like a, do I get cleared? Do I not situation? Like, I don't really know what, like I'll be fine, but then I'll like need it, like, you know, get adjusted and stuff. So personally, like, I don't think I could ever be on the road 200 days a year again, bumping, but like, I definitely can like do some things, but I'm also not trying to like get in there right now and take suplex, like I'd rather just like do it while we're out there and have the adrenaline going. Um, but like I've rolled around with some people and stuff and like done some MMA stuff and I, f- I didn't feel like rusty. So, um, so yeah. So when all that happened, I just kind of took a chill from WWE and like got treatment and was going to rehab probably like three to four times a week and was off the road. And then when I started to kind of feel better, I think I like, it's so long ago. I don't know. I can't remember if I asked to go back on the road, like to probably be, I wanted to be used in like an acting capacity or like a manager capacity, or maybe they brought me on the road once a month. I can't remember what it was, but I definitely remember I had like a really great talk with Vince and I'm just very honest with him where I was like, you know, with the company back then it's different than than now, like I was in Maxim Hot 100 or I had this company wanted to do a shoot with me, but legally they would have to go through WWE to book me. And so I was like, you know, If I'm just sitting at home collecting a paycheck, like that's nice to viewers that are probably listening at home. But also, like for me, like I'm not advancing. I'm just getting older every year, and I'm not doing anything creatively. And you and I are so like career driven. So I just had really good talks with him, and he was like, uh, he loved me like as a voice and as a manager. And he was always like, yeah, let's find a space with you. Um, But I totally understood that, like I'm also not Randy Orton, you know. So like it's out of sight, out of mind. And when you're at home, you know, you're very much out of sight. So um, I was proud of myself for speaking up a lot towards the end, but I also think now, like, I'm just a very different human and I've gone through so many things out since I've left and learned how to navigate business more um, where, yeah, eventually they let me go um, which is great because then you have a different set of royalties than if you quit. Yeah. Technically I was fired, but it was, with great communication, um, you know, and it was always knowing that, like, I personally think I probably would have never left if I wasn't injured. Yeah, and you know how that song and dance goes. And so I, I definitely think, you know, like, the universe gave me the injury to kind of set me free and like make me go do that because there were so many times maybe where like I should have left before and I just didn't cause it, and it's also comfortable and it's nice to have consistent money. Now, after the pandemic, you realize like how amazing that is. Um, but I'll tell you what, no one should ever wrestle not in front of a crowd that looked horrible.
0: Oh my God. I felt so bad for everyone having to do that. Like I had left, you know, of The pandemic had been going on for a couple months before I had left. So I had been down, but I had got COVID. So I was off the road for a while. And then when I was back and then it was like, it was pretty quickly after that, that, um, that we decided to part ways. And, um, yeah, it was, it was so weird being there in the Thunderdome or being at the performance center. You can hear like, you know, the camera crew talking to each other and you can hear like the commentators like breathing,
1: like it was just so weird. It just goes against like anything we ever were taught about psychology and like listening to the crowd and like you do feed off of it. And so like when people always ask me what I miss the most from WWE or if I miss it, I'm like, oh, I miss the crowd. And like so many of my friends are in bands or in, you know, performers and they're like, you don't get that feeling like hearing those people and like seeing them like it makes Laredo, Texas worth it but hearing the fans, like it makes, you know, the grind and like not being near your family. And like, I very much think I'll have to ask my therapist if this is me blaming, but like that I'm like single and like, don't have a baby and like certain don't have a family because like, it is so much when you're on the road for six years and you devote your life. And I think it takes a very special kind of, man. That's why you marry a wrestler. That's what you do. You find a wrestler and you bunk up and you call it a life. For sure. And I totally get why like people did that. And like, you know, when they were dating and like, it was hard in my relationship at the time too. like your long distance. And I think a lot of times, like the woman at home cooking and cleaning, when he comes home, the kids are fed and the bills are paid and the laundry's done. But for like a woman to come home and the man's doing that. You know it's maybe like where are my needs what are they being met i'm exhausted on my day off i gotta get my hair done and my nails and tan, yeah. rub my tan off and you know so it's like um it's a dynamic and i loved it but i also loved navigating my life afterwards um yeah so that was interesting
2: Renee, you good? It's been a long time, man. It's good to see you.
0: I'm good. I know it's so good to see you. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm always just like, I I guess like everyone right now, it's like we're all kind of, you know, connected through each other's social medias. I'm just always seeing like what you're up to. You're a busy guy. Like, how the hell do you juggle it all? Oh, my God.
2: I have a wonderful fiance who takes care of me like a a grown child. Um, But other than that, uh, I, I I just really like doing stuff you know i i never feel like i'm doing anything that truly feels like work like if i could just do one of the things and just do that i'd be happy but i'm like super blessed that like i get to work in my favorite basketball team and work in professional wrestling somehow and work in music somehow and then work for lebron james and you know create some podcasts and create some shows and host some stuff here and there and you know i only got one life
0: When do you feel satisfied? Are you one of those people? Cause like, I know I can be so bad for this. Like as much as my plate can be super full, I'll go to bed being like, I didn't do enough. I got to find another thing. I got to find like, what's that other thing that I'm going to do? Like I drive myself crazy with that. Are you that person?
2: Yes, unfortunately. Like I'm, I'm really trying to be better at it, uh, especially in this new year. I'm so blessed. Uh, my, my daughter is definitely like calmed me down a lot and made me realize, okay, you can't do everything because this little mini person needs you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, like I, I, I get the same thing you do, man. Like I'll just go to bed and feel like I didn't hit this time right, or I didn't, you know, I. You can do a million things right you just never forget the one or two things that you feel like it could have been improved upon. So
0: that just gave me like a little twinge of anxiety. I did my um, serious XM show yesterday and I've been like sick. My brain is just cloudy. I'm on like day quill and like 14 coffees. I don't know what is going on. And I had like a very awkward sign off on the show and I just can't stop thinking about
2: it. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> like, especially I'm, I'm, it's live too. Right. So like, yeah. you know, we're doing live for MSG and I'm talking with Monica, and then you know we're 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 shooting a breeze or whatever, and then we just kind of end a little awkwardly. I I I can't stop thinking about it for the rest of the day. It's it's uh ugh. Well, but I'm getting better.
0: When's your birthday? What what star sign are you?
2: Okay, uh, my birthday's February 21st, so I'm a Pisces. I'm a very emotional Pisces.
0: I I don't like know the breakdown of all the different astrological signs, but I'm a Virgo, which I know means like I'm kind of an uptight person perfectionist and i never thought of myself like that but now like the older i get i'm like fuck i am i am like i'm i'm i get t- super tight wound you know
2: what it is i never even thought that like astrology and like besides meant anything i always thought it was bs and the older i grew up and the more i read about it and the more i like talk to people. And the only thing I know about Pisces is that everybody hates him. it's <laughs> just like at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to every single thing. And I'm just like, what do we do to deserve such vitriol from the stars? And
0: what are some of the characteristics of a Pisces? What does that equal?
2: Just terrible in relationships. Just very sensitive about everything. Like just the most, just too much feelings. Like everybody, like it's, it's astrology in itself. It's supposed to be about feelings, but apparently Pisces have too much feelings. So it's just one of those things where I I don't know. I've never read a good thing about a Pisces than any astrology sign in my life. And I take it as a badge of honor. I take
0: that very first.
2: (laughs) Rihanna's a Pisces. So if I'm good enough for Rihanna being a Pisces, then I'm good enough.
0: I've actually always leaned very heavily on Beyonce being a Virgo. I'm like, if she's a Virgo, I'm a Virgo simpatico here, you know?
2: She got a song called Virgo. I mean, listen, you got a theme, music and everything. Ain't no Pisces theme songs. Ain't nobody proudly repping the Pisces gang. This just just doesn't happen.
1: I
0: think that Jay-Z is um, a Sagittarius, which is what John is. Like, I think our birthdays are about the same. So I'm like, maybe there's something cool here. I don't know. I'm leaning into it.
2: But what they say about us is that we're fish. So we just kind of like swim and like have no idea what we're doing. So, and my fiance is super into astrology. She's a Gemini. So like anytime anything happens, she'll just be like, oh, oh, such a Pisces. So I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I just kind of kind of eat it. It's too- <laughs>
0: but you know, she's burning you when she says it. Right?
2: <laughs> exactly. All right. exactly. Um,
0: how is dad life treating you? Oh my God. Your sweet little baby is here. Can you believe it?
2: It's the best thing ever, Um, in addition to it being the craziest thing (laughs) ever. Um, yeah, I spoke to you about it. I spoke to a lot of my friends that are, are parents, especially new parents, just about things to expect. And the good thing is, like, nothing has been surprising yet it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's also going to drive you nuts and you're never going to sleep again. (laughs) It's all this other stuff, but it's all going to be worth it. And it's so true, man. Like, I I love my little girl so much. I've always loved my wife and my fiance. And uh, she's, there's like another level to it now.
0: Isn't that the craziest thing? Like being able to have a baby with this person that you just love so much is crazy.
2: I don't know, it sounds so simple. But until, like, you actually, like, go through it, you're just like, oh, this is what that is like. Like, you're just looking at this little mini, like, version of you and her. And you're just like, now you're, it's your responsibility to shape <laughs> this young life. But it's the best, man. She's so great. She's so funny. Um, she's just the cutest little thing. And she's laughing now. Like, she, she gets to-
0: She's cute. What a head of hair on this baby, huh?
2: Hey, man, listen, we got good genes. That's kind of why I got the braids, right? Like, I was sitting here, I saw the baby, and I'm just like, I'm just doing a complete disservice to my gene pool right now. So I was like, you know, I'm going to grow this hair out. I'm going to see how far I can take it, just so people know, hey, we we got good genes in this family.
0: How long was your hair before you could braid it?
2: I want to say, like, if I took it out and put it, like, to here, it would reach, like, my eyebrow.
0: That's impressive.
2: Yeah, that's I, I a pretty good shrinkage. Like, you know, you, you kind of curl it up and you get the naps nice and straight and blow it out, and you'd be surprised. But if I was just wearing it as is, it would look like I just had, like a little compact like haircut whatever but once you pull it out and braid it and all this i was so shocked that i don't, I don't have no weave in my hair no fake hair no nothing
0: oh natural baby all natural.
2: <laughs> and, I, and i have to let you know renee i want to make sure you're you're Thank extremely you. uh you're in an extremely privileged position because i've been holding this look back for a while and i wanted to debut day a very special very special place and it's i'm really so great. glad I'm here
0: there's nothing better than having that, like, I mean, I, I've i been growing my hair out. I will say being pregnant and having prenatal vitamins, I'm like, oh, my God, my hair is growing like crazy. I've had that tight bob for years and years and years. I was like, who is this woman with this long hair? I've, like, taken on a new persona. <laughs> Everybody get out of my way. New bitch nice. in town. I know. It's nice. so great. The nails,
2: the nails coming in, too? Like, it's, it's all that?
0: They were, but uh, we're working on it. It's mostly just staying (laughs) follically, and I'm okay with that. Um, Okay, tell me how you met your fiance, because I always see you posting these really sweet photos with her. And what is your guys' backstory?
2: The one thing you should know about me uh, when I was single, when I was younger, is I had zero confidence in talking to women. Like, I'm just zero. Like, I had no... I just, I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to, I, I always, I was very self-deprecating. So long story short, I didn't really know how to talk to women. woman. And uh, I met my fiance my senior year of high school. I was playing basketball and uh, we had just won the Union County tournament in New Jersey. Uh, so I was on a high, and it was also my birthday, by the way, speaking of which, it was my birthday uh we had just won the county tournament and i was in the mall and i was about to throw up a a house party in a hotel i was was doing a lot in high school if you couldn't tell like i was throwing up like house parties charging people to come in i was hustling i was doing all this type of stuff and i'm in jersey gardens mall and i see my fiance kind of like slowly walking i didn't know her from a hole in the wall but i just saw this beautiful long hair tall just everything woman And I had, it was my birthday going for me. We had just won the championship. I'm in the mall. I'm throwing a party tonight. My confidence is through the roof. So, like, for the first time, I'm like, I I don't even remember what I said to her, but I actually stopped and, like, tried to, like, spit whatever version of game I had was in high school. And, uh, invited her to the party. So, um, I didn't think she was going to come, thought she was too pretty or her, her pretty, you know, mean girls friends that she was hanging out with. Like, I didn't think it was going to actually come and show up, but, uh, she shows up and doesn't pay any attention to anyone. We just sit there and we talk for hours and hours and hours. And funny enough, like we, we like each other, but it built more naturally. Like we built like a friendship for several years. And we got to really know each other. And then, you know, so some years went past and we're just like, you know what, we should try this out. We should give this a shot. And uh, it has. And she's the most wonderful person in my life. I've never had someone who, who I've loved more deeply or cared more for or have been my biggest supporter and partner in anything in life. She is amazing. And. um I love that. I've gotten her into wrestling now. Like she'll, she'll, she'll sit and watch with me. Like, you know, she has her stuff. She
0: does love you. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like she'll watch wrestling with me. She'll watch the Knicks. Like she's, she's all in on it. But other than that, man, she is the most uh, wonderful, wonderful human. And I, I, I love her so much. She's the best.
0: Let's run things back for a second, because if you guys knew each other for so long and we like, friends in the friend zone was it so weird crossing through (laughs) that threshold of like we doing this Uh, what's happening i
2: I, I will take full responsibility for taking how long like i told you i didn't know how to talk to women for a long time right like i've had this long crush on this person but i'm just like oh okay like we're We're friends, like, you know, we're cool. We'll kind of hang out here and there. But it was just one of those things where um, we've always just had a lot of love for each other, uh, that respect for each other. And it was kind of worked out well. It was like, okay, we just kind of lived our 20s. As you should. As you should. And you know what? I fully recommend for anybody, if you're not ready to settle down and be with someone and start a life with them, go and live. Do your 20s the way you're supposed to do it. But and then when you're ready, you can settle down with no regrets, not feeling like you're missing out on anything, and you can give your one hundred percent all to the person that's willing to give their one hundred percent all to you. So uh, I wouldn't change a thing, man. It was perfect.
0: Okay, so you and I met at WWE, and it's actually funny for me to hear you say that, like you didn't have any game, because I feel like I remember you. Coming in, you're like this cool new writer. I'm like, what's this guy doing here? What's going on? What's this guy's story?
2: Well, let me be clear. I didn't have no game in high school. All right, like I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs>
0: oh, it was after that that, that you were good.
2: I <laughs> myself. I'm like, all right, I, I grew some confidence as the years <laughs> came on. Okay, like I'm okay, not, I'm much of a loser. <laughs> that helps then, because I, I
0: feel like I remember you being there, and then. I remember being in like a production meeting and what didn't like some kind of article come out that you were like one of the most like eligible bachelors in New York City or something like that? What was that?
2: <laughs> okay. So, uh, Bumble, shout out to Bumble, the good people at Bumble. They had reached out to me, uh, randomly, while I was working at WWE. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this While is in my there. memory where i'm like what's <laughs> on here break it down While i was
2: working i was working at the wwe and uh, bumble reaches out to me and they're like hey listen we've been watching you for a long time and we follow your career and all this other stuff and uh we're putting a list of the 100 most interesting new yorkers on our bumble app what an honor You can put me on any list, and I will take it as an honor. Like, if it's a bad list, good list, whatever. But that was crazy. So the nomination, all that stuff, totally fine. Where it gets weird is uh, they had this photo shoot that we were supposed to do that was plastered all over New York City. Like, billboards, signs of buses. It was, like, on the post, like, all these other things. I felt like Justin Bieber for a week. Like, they put me in this long... denim trench coat
0: I remember the <laughs> denim jacket yes I was like I think I like this. it was so, It was so
2: uncomfortable I didn't know like because I, I brought my own clothes and uh the lady that was styling us was like oh she does like a bunch of celebrities and like it's you know, all these other folks and there was a couple like so, uh, who I would characterize as celebrities on that list also so I'm like oh okay she's like she's a real stylist I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you I'm gonna wear it and whatever it's gonna look cool so I had these big old polo boots on, this denim French coat. For people who may have not have met me in real life, I'm about like six three, six four on a good day. So it's a long coat, like it, it, it's like it's basically a blanket. And, and then I, I come back to uh, the road. I don't know what city we were in that week, but uh, I want to say it was Shooter Done. And uh, my guy Kirsch, who I love so much, found the picture, brings it into like the writers' room. <laughs> I think it
0: was through Kirsch that I saw it. Yes
2: like what is it? and i'm sure they're like saying all these nice things like oh yeah it's such a it's such a huge honor but it's it was so cheesy like it was so you know i i I never i thought it
0: it was cool thank
2: you for saying that i appreciate you saying that so nicely but it was just it was so uncomfortable because like you know when i'm working there and and you've you've been there for years like the writers are very much the you know see and not be seen type of people so we're walking in to do tv (laughs) like they're all just fucking with me with this billboard and this photo and this long trench coat and saying you're like a one of the most interesting new yorkers in on this huge dating app or whatever it was uh i
0: wonder if vince saw that it must have been brought to vince's attention right it must have
2: i think so i think at one point i'm almost positive um steph saw it I'm pretty sure she did. Okay. And then um, you know, they would always, ever since then, they would always compliment me on my suit when I came into the production. Like, you know, when they come in and they like they do all the shake hands and stuff, whatever.
0: It's a full assessment. All that stuff. Oh, yeah. Like
2: Vince always goes, mm, mm, it's a good suit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right, I, I, I hope they didn't see it. It was so weird. It was so uncomfortable. But now I'm, I can look back at it and, and, and really uh, laugh at it.
0: Okay, so how did you end up at WWE? What was your whole process to getting there?
2: I was doing a lot of television work and a lot of production work, whether I was hosting or working on like other TV shows. I worked on the show of Facebook Watch called um, No Scribber, Marshawn Lynch. Um, did a couple of things for Uninterrupted while I was getting launched, LeBron's uh, company. And um, I was just kind of like in some transition and I saw a job opening for a, uh, I want to say like a digital director or whatever, right? You know, the HR calls me and they were like, oh, we see that you applied for this job. And like, in so many words, basically said, like, we're not going to give it to you. But if you can do anything in this company, what would you want to do? And I was like, two things. One, either be talent or two, help create the show. And they're like, great, come in Monday, you're going to interview some people and then we'll we'll see how it goes. So uh, instead of getting that gig, I come into to Stanford, talk to... um. The wonderful Dave Kapoor and Road Dog both interviewed me. And, um, you know, I, I always was a, a lifelong professional wrestling fan. My literal first memory in life was sitting in my dad's lap about a year and a half old. I swear to you, I remember this vividly. And my dad is watching a bootleg copy of Survivor Series 1988. When it's the mega powers versus I came in big boss, man, and I just see colors and yelling and muscles. And I'm just like, like, I guess whatever my one and a half year old breaker process is like, what is this? This is my earliest memory. Like, I remember the apartment. I remember where I was sitting, all this other stuff. So it was just like a lifelong thing for me. And, uh, you know, my father had passed away uh about a year and a half before i had you know gotten the opportunity for wwe so it was you know it was a big thing for me to be like you know like my dad loved wrestling he was an he was a, a immigrant My mom's an immigrant and the one thing i've always loved about it is that even though in the world of uh professional wrestling um, you know, my mom, and my dad weren't the best English speakers. I mean, they're still, my mom's English is still like kind of shaky to this day. But, um, you know, that it was a language that they all understood, you know, and, and that's the great thing about certain pieces of art. And it happens to a lot of people. For some people, the first time they hear, uh, uh, see, a, see a rap, album or see somebody dance some certain way it's like some certain pieces of art capture you at an early age where you're like oh I get this I see why this is you know seen as performance art and um it always felt like it was really important for me to 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 knock that off my bucket list and be like yo it would be really cool to kind of full circle it uh, for my pops and 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 work at WWE in, in in some capacity. I know people always have their horror stories and I'm sure they're all justified, but like, I kind of went in there kind of knowing I wasn't going to be there for that long. And it was just like, you know what? If I just go in here and have fun and get some cool stuff and put some stuff on TV, like I'll be all right. And, and I think that's what we accomplished. So I really enjoyed my time there.
0: So like, what was the experience? What is like, cause I've always actually been pretty fascinated by how the creative team works and honestly I, I do feel like they're sort of like the unsung heroes like it's a tough gig because you're you're kind of battling everybody whether you're battling Vince then you're battling talent like it's rough.
2: You have no friends in creative. <laughs> the only friends you have, the only have you, the only friends you have in creative are some talent. And basically just the other creative, because you you get none of the, you get all the blame when something's terrible and none of the credit when something's good, right? Yeah, it's true. and, and, And on top of that, like just kind of, being in there to see how the, the soup is made or whatever, whatever the term of phrase is, it really made me, give me have so much more respect for everybody who, who goes through those doors because I'm just like everybody else on the internet. I'm like, I could do better than that. Oh, that's trash. Like, wow, creative. They're, they're ruining this guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and the first thing you notice uh, when you walk into that room is that everybody in that room is like 100 times as big a fan as you are. Like, they have thought of every cool idea. They have thought of every opportunity, every single thing. You know, it's just, it, it's it truly is a machine over there. So it's not as simple as, I got this cool idea, let's do it. We can have, like, a whole, you know, hour-long thing on just the process.
0: It's a whole skull session, yeah. Oh, yep.
2: my goodness. At the time I was there, you got to remember, uh, SmackDown was on Tuesday. So, like, we would go... Wednesday, we'd have a day off. I guess that would be our travel day. Thursday, we'd be in Stanford storyboarding the show. Uh, Friday, we'd get out our first drafts for the scripts and and see what we're looking at. Saturday, you get ready to travel. If it's the pay-per-view, you do travel, get there to Sunday. Sunday, you get into the production meeting. and you sat in those production meetings? A lot of times we bringing those scripts that we've worked in all week, and they're just like
0: <laughs> rewritten <laughs> through the shredder. The
2: trash, you know? How
0: much does that break your heart? I mean, when you have a full week leading up, you guys have gone over the show top to tail, and then you just see it be ripped up. Like, what does that do to your soul?
2: It's heartbreaking. You know, like it's, it's not fun. Like nobody likes to be told, like you know, your ideas are are, are not it or, or not fun. But you know what it is? It's like you really, really have to have a good rapport with talent when you're over there if you want to get some stuff.
0: But don't you think that that's almost a little bit of a tricky game that you can't have, like, too good of a rapport with the talent? It's a very delicate balance.
2: God bless everyone on Creative right now. I couldn't imagine... What it's like, you know, trying to create something for weeks on ahead, not knowing who's even going to be on the roster, you know, <laughs> like who's going to be that. You, you have no idea. So, I mean, God bless everybody who's doing that right now. But yeah, it's, it's very touchy because you can have a good relationship. Like, for example, I had a great, still to this day, talk to these guys like almost every have a fantastic relationship in the day. And, you know, they were in a position, and I'm sure they still are, they were in a position where they can do anything. The most fun times I would have there was, you know, I'd go in there with my paper and then put the headset on and I'd see you and Cole sitting in one room, one side and Vince and Hunter sitting on the other and just like going through it and just seeing you guys laugh. That's the fun part. But I mean, obviously, yeah, like it's a little bit more difficult because you can't have that relationship with everyone else. There's certain people that aren't the new day, that aren't like these established megastars who make a ton of money and could do whatever they want. And they trust you to kind of like pretty much help them talk or help them get across a point or whatever. But then you'll have like other talents who aren't necessarily the most established. And, you know, they think they're at us. And, and of course, if you're a talent, you got to think of yourself as the biggest thing, but in reality, it was a little difficult. So, you know, sometimes it's not the easiest job. I mean, I've done a lot of things in the entertainment industry and this is by far the most challenging job that that I've ever had I I loved it though
0: what was a segment that you were like most proud of that you were able to get on television while you were there
2: so when you first get there they kind of like give you like kid gloves and just kind of like okay you're gonna just kind of shadow this guy for a while and then you know they kind of let you out who
0: did you shadow
2: the wonderful wacky bob uh wacky bob from uh who's over at impact right now And that's when he was doing the Daniel Bryan Miz storyline when Bryan was first coming back, which was huge. So I got to really see that. So the first project I really got to go on my own was when the New Day uh, became five time tag team champions. And I wanted to do a five timers club kind of send off from SNL with Booker T coming in and knighting everybody. Oh, that was
0: amazing. You did that?
2: Yes. And uh, that was the first time I got like a real you know, Vince comes up and is like, mm, that was good. That was, that was funny. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we got, we got the Booker the Rooney. We got to make fun of Saxton a little bit. We got the biggie joke. Like it was just really fun. And it was the first segment. Like it was the first segment on SmackDown. So like it was a lot of pressure, but like once it's done, it's like, you get a week to just be like reveling it. until it's like, all right, back to next week. But another segment that I'm super proud of that wasn't necessarily my fault, like because the best parts of it weren't scripted. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Was was Elias and Kevin Owens in Seattle oh when you uh, shouted out? <laughs> <laughs> when you shouted out Detlef <laughs> And uh The funny thing about that is, you know, I didn't know Elias that well, and he was working with another one of my good friend writers for a long time, and I think he wasn't there. So it was me, Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley. Kevin and Elias and me and Elias are going through the whole thing. And I'd never done the whole, my name is Elias. So like, I had to make sure that was all good. And I'm telling them about like, yo, like the supersonics dig you're in the key arena. And Elias was very like, are they going to get it? Like, is this going to be a thing? I'm like, no I'm I'm telling you they're going to react. Like they're going to, they're going to feel the type of way. I had no idea they were going to react the way that they did.
0: I will never forget that sound. They would not stop. It was the loudest crowd.
2: I had Kevin Dunn in my ear yelling like, they won't stop. This is insane. Like, they're, they're putting the house lights back on just to get them to keep booing. Like, Kevin's looking at me like, what's the struck of corn? Like, what the hell? Because Kevin's not a huge sports guy. So as soon as he comes back in the back, he gives me a big hug. He's like, "He's like, oh, man, you really had him for this one. And the one mistake I wish I got to Shout out to Ed Kosky because he told me this right as uh, he's about uh, Leo's about to go out. I was like, man, if Leo would have just like shouted out Sean Kemp or shouted out Gary Payton as soon as he walked in, he would have been the biggest baby face in the history of Seattle. But. The fans them took over the whole arena at this point.
0: They did. <laughs> I remember me, Cole, and Graves looking at each other, and we were like, we were all laughing because we're like, oh my, when is this segment going to get to carry on? Because the crowd was so insane. And yeah, and then the Debt Left Shrimp line got in there, and they're looking at me like, how the fuck do you even know who Debt Left Shrimp is? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, they were, they, we had a whole other thing to go to, and, and I think we were leading up to Super Showdown, I think, right? I think we are supposed to see it in Lashley, so we're just trying to, like, drum up some excitement, knowing we don't have Cena, but we still wanted to get people, you know, riled up about it. And it just completely off the rails. Like, nothing nothing stayed off script. We just sent Leo out because we we're running out of TV time we were going to go to commercial. It was just so much fun, man. Like that excitement that um. you said, you know, working at WWE's entertainment bootcamp, there is literally no better feeling as crazy as it is, as all the BS you deal with, there is nothing that you can replicate where you can write something, get that instant reaction less than a week and feel it from like 13,000 people all at once. And it's not like you know, it's not like a TV show where you gotta wait like four or five months for it to, you know, come on or whatever. It's like, no, you're getting it right then and there. And that was that's the that's what you come back for every week. You come back for that reaction and that emotion and feel like it's undescribable. It was the best.
0: Um, okay. So with you being on the creative team with WWE, what do you think needs to be done in terms of diversity in professional wrestling in general?
2: I'm so glad you asked that because I feel like that's a that's a huge topic right now, especially with with, with both uh companies um and before i say anything i definitely want to give props to the fact that this isn't a taboo conversation anymore you know what i mean like when i first got my uh my wwe interview with hr when they first asked me a question they were like is there any questions you want to ask us and i was like you know it's a little light in here like are we Gonna try and get some more folks that look like me, and to their credit, they were like, you know what, we're very aware of this, we're working on it. And I saw a couple of the creative folks, uh, gosh, where was it? SummerSlam in Vegas, and uh, definitely way more women, definitely way more people of color.
0: There's definitely more women for sure, yeah.
2: And and I think that's where it starts, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think WWE and and AEW and Impact have all done some really good jobs uh, as far as like taking steps forward and changing that. Um, There could always be more done, but I think it really starts in the people making the decisions, to be honest. Um, At the end of the day, this is an entertainment product. And a lot of times we try to pretend that this is anything more than a scripted content series every single week. And if you want to connect with certain people in a genuine and authentic way, you got to have people in there who are either making those decisions or speaking or being able to convey you know, what certain folks want to say without sounding like you're, you know, you're putting on a costume or something like that. So so I think it starts there. I think this year, the small part of me wishes I was still there because I would have loved to work with a street pop. I would love to work with a Bianca Belair. I would have loved to been able to, like, have a hand on Big E's WWE title run. I think that could have been a little bit different, you know. And um, to their credit, like, it's so good to have discussions about Black wrestlers in the main event scene. You know, I saw what Tony Khan said about um, Big Swall this past week, and it was why, and, and I think there's a big disconnect with a lot of wrestling fans because they don't understand why what he said was so damaging, right? Like, there's already so many things that Black women are fighting against when they're trying to get into this business. And when you have somebody like him who was so powerful and who has done great things for professional wrestling, like, I'm so glad that AEW, because I'm so glad there's an alternative. But I think his biggest faux pas right there was you're doing more damage by speaking on that than just doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he would have just not responded or just kind of, And and it's not even like what Swole said was anything too nefarious. He was just being honest and speaking from her soul. Now, I think unknowingly, he's put this weird spotlight on him where even if that's not how you think, Black wrestlers are spotlighted. The people who do think that are now attacking this woman every single day. I, I, I mean, she hasn't been on social media in a minute, but like she's somebody who who goes hard for everyone. She's not just someone who's just, you know, I'm A.W. rah, rah, rah. Like she was for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So now there's certain people that make it seem like, oh, well, souls leaving because she she didn't get this push or that push. It's like, nah, it's never been like that. And there was a time where A.W. had nearly no notable black wrestlers and now at the time you pick up a leo rush which is huge you got you got his uh taxi partner you got hobbs you got a lot of guys over there i mean jay cargill is a, is a specimen you know what i mean like you got so many talented black performers I, I was having a conversation with somebody about this earlier today like black people have loved wrestling for so long it's been hard for wrestling to love black people back and that was just an example of that where, you know, you're the boss of a company like, you, you know, Vince would never say, oh, well, we fired this guy because, you know, he wasn't good. And, hey, look at all these guys that we put on, like, our third and fourth most important shows in the company. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not the best way to go about it. But, I mean, I do give him credit because he is taking strides and he is young and he's going to make mistakes. I'm not going to hold anybody's feet to the fire for making a mistake, but he's got to know better that somebody that powerful is going to do more harm than good when he's answering that instead of just being about his action and just doing the work and knowing like, Hey, nobody's asked you to put like the world championship on a black performer, like right then and there, we just want competent storytelling. We just want black performers in places of uh, uh, where they can truly shine. You know, like we just want to be entertained. just like you want to be entertained. And, and that's basically what it is. But like I said, it all starts in the people that are making the decisions, whether it's creative executive positions, the owners, once diversity starts there, it's all a trickle down effect.
0: Well, Kaz, thank you so much for for joining me on the show. It was actually it was so much fun just being able to pick your brain and shoot the shit about some wrestling and all the cool things going on in your life.
2: Renee, I've I've been such a fan of yours for such a long time. It's so cool that like we're actual friends to me because yeah. like I'm just, like just seems really cool. And like, it's rare that you meet somebody that is actually as cool as you think they are. So, thank you so much for having me on the show. I will come back whenever you want. I need you on my show eventually.
0: Yes, 100%. That's how it goes, tit for tat. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the Best of For Oral Sessions. We just mash up the best from the week. Let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full length episodes should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, uh, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And uh, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Pinquet. Search for The Volume Network. And you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got full-length interviews. Find them all in there. Like, subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on Oral Sessions.